Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Full Sport Press. Yo, who tell us we ain't gonna win, man? Really? He's a bozo. A fucking bozo. Really? Yeah, we did a lot for the wins. Came in a drop on the 10. Now we on top, top once again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to tighten the plan. Yeah, I got it right in the end. Now we on top, top once again. I don't want it if it ain't love. If it ain't get it away from me. Who you gon' jack if it ain't us? LABB to the bakery. Some niggas mad that I came up. I know my granny gon' pray for me. It was just us in the vacancy. We had to get it from A to B. Wheels never felt like this. Two seats in the hills, how feel righteous. Blue sheets in the full sport press podcast. Featuring hosts, Jay Hove, Chef, Wheezy, and Coach Locke. Please enjoy the show. Greetings and salutations. I would like to welcome everybody back and some of you for the first time to the Full Sport Press Podcast, the premier sports podcast for the consummate sports fan. And this is your one-stop shop for all sports-related news and topics. I am Jay Hove. Boy, Big Joe. Wheezy in the building. Say what's up, Wheezy. This your what, Weezy? What it do? What it do? Haircut. I need a haircut. Coach Baggins. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening, fellas? How's everybody doing? Making it, Coach. Making it. Mm, that's good. Trust and believe that, man. Good. Everybody good. Everybody look. Everybody need a haircut. Except a lot. Oh, shit. Everybody need a haircut, but a lot. Yeah, for sure. Uh, lock, lock, yeah. Lock, 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 yeah. Lock, it look good. It look good. Even, even when it's done. He, he, he got the lick of the split. It look good. Nah. Lick of the split. He put it like, ah. Yeah, there you go back. Got to pull it like, hey, man. Got to know, use your clippers, man. You know, it's a lot of That's years true. work with clippers. You know, That's true. I don't trust myself. See, see it started early, Jeff. See, it started early, long time ago. Long, long time ago. I don't, I don't trust myself. Long, long time ago. <laughs> baby, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Episode he didn't run. That boy right there. Right. Right there. <laughs> you heard that. That's that sign that's just bringing the best out of him. You heard that. <laughs> Uh, episode 341, man. We are analyzing the biggest what ifs in NFL history. FSP style. Always FSP style. Better know it. Better damn know it. Better damn believe it. Let's kick it off, man. Best of the week, Weezy. What you got? Oh, best of the week for me was uh the Sunday night Sunday night football game, man, between Seattle Seahawks and uh, Arizona Court. I think I think it might be the best football game of the year so far for me. Jeff, what you got? Best of the week. I mean, Rich Paul and Clutch Sports, man, they held a private workout for young Tyrese Max and Anthony Edwards. Aired on ESPN, too. All the other sports management teams in the NBA are pretty hot about that. But you know what I always say? Clutch rules the world. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Locke, what you got, man? Best of the week. Man, shout out to Mookie Bex, man. 615 representer, World Series champion again with the L.A. Dodgers. That's how you do it, man. Win one in Boston. Go get the money in L.A. and win another in L.A., man. So shout out to Mookie, man. He's putting on for the city. We need to give a key to the city to the boy Mookie Beck. True. 100% you deserve it. That's a good one, coach. My best of the week, man, is Tua Tagovailoa being named the starter 
for the Miami Dolphins. He could have started for the Dolphins last year before his injury, but there are no guarantees in, in pro football. This is a certainty. He's ready to play. Brian Flores knows what he has. It's time to get him out there. I hope he kills against a really good defense to prove Jeff wrong. I'm excited to see uh, him play one of my must-sees this Sunday for sure. So shout out to Tua, man. Good luck. I hope he kills. Worst of the week, Jeff, since we're talking about you, what's your worst <laughs> of the week? I, I wish the kid luck. I hope he does well. That's um, but I'm going to keep it in the NFL. And I'm gonna, I know Weezy said he's going to touch on this a little bit later, but I just want to say something real quick. We're at a very dangerous and almost sad state in the NFL when a person gets blamed more for scoring a touchdown than the defense gets blamed for not preventing the opposing team from coming down and scoring again. True. Just I'm going to leave it at that because we just said he's going to talk about it a little bit later on. But we're at a real rough time in the NFL defensive-wise. That's sad, man. Very sad. Rough to watch. Worst of the week, Weezy, what you got? Worst of the week for me, I'm sticking right back in the NFL, man. Uh, my kicker, man, for the Titans. Uh, my, my boys fought, fought back hard in the second half to come back from 20, from 20 points down. And we give you a chance within your range to win the game. I mean, to tie the game once we go to overtime. And you don't come through for us. Your Uber ride's been canceled in the city right now, big baby. All your Uber eyes are canceled. Here's the thing, though, is he's won four of those games know, for you. Yeah, but I know he won. He, he's won some games for us, but he lost. He lost the one. He lost the one, Jack. Worst of the week, Lock. What you got? Lil Wayne's photo out with Trump, man. Mm. Saying Trump assured him that he's listening to what blacks have to say and he'll get it done. Come on, Lil Wayne, man. You're the same guy that said you didn't know what Black Lives Matter movement was mm-hmm. and that you don't know anything about politics. Now, all of a sudden, a few days before election, you're talking to Trump and he's assuring you what he's going to do for us. Come on, man. Come on. I agree a lot. Um, worst of the week for me, it's my dog Spike Lou, man. Uh, Lou got on his podcast, the On Day TV podcast, and stated that a guy named Jovan put him on Jay-Z. Um, Lou has convenient amnesia and did not give me my credit for that. Uh, gave him correct timeline, the year 1998, when indeed I was the first person to introduce him to Jay-Z and his music. Not surprised, but 100%. Um, hurt my feelings a little bit, Lou, but I get it. There's extenuating circumstances as to why Lou wouldn't remember certain things at this point of his life, for sure. So uh, I just want my credit. We was playing Goldeneye, and Jay-Z was blaring, and y'all was like, play some No Limit, play some... I don't even know what else was popping right there. Had to be no limit. Not even cash money at the time. Listen, man. Just give me my credit, dog. We're going to talk about this in the mashup. We're going to have to, for sure. <laughs> and make sure y'all check us out on iTunes, Facebook, IG, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Beyond Pod, YouTube, and, of course, the SoundCloud page to catch up on the full archive of past episodes of FSP. How do you do that? Just search for Sport Press Podcast. When you get done with that, make sure you check out the On Deck TV Hip Hop Podcast with Animal Brown and Spike Lou, who my co-host just mentioned. Every Wednesday, that latest issue is up, the Cub interview, also known as Cook Up Boss. Y'all make sure y'all go check that out and listen to the boy Cub and the boys interview. Hello. Hello. <laughs> you hear me? <laughs> 
I was happy people got to hear the other side of a cook up though. Like, you know, yeah. it is he's funny, you know, he's trolling and he admits to that, but yeah. he got to hear about why he's really doing what he's doing and his business sense. It was pretty, it's a dope interview. Dope interview. Good to see for sure, man. Nashville through and through. You want to be introduced to real Nashville. You listen to Ooh. that club interview. Ooh, that's Nashville right there. That's real that. super Nashville. <laughs> uh fresher than your average podcast, man. Featuring myself and my dog Animal Brown, who gives me credit sometimes. A self-help fashion podcast directly related to improving everyday fashion. We have a new FTYA IG live show, FTYA Fridays. We have the founders of Lousy NY for an interview this week. Pull up on us via the IG page. We have the entire interview available on youtube.com slash realveal directly for the culture. Where your kicks, man. Cop responsibly. Also, don't forget, Patreon page is alive and well. We have new shows we have new everything on there. Please come support the team. It features, of course, Full Sport Press on Deck TV, Fresher Than Your Average Podcast, and much, much more. Join the team, man, for sure. Let's move right along. Jeff, you got 10 good wrestling seconds. Oh, yeah. Start the clock, man. All right, so last week was Hell in a Cell. Ah, shit. Let's go over those who got the W results. Okay, so the first match was Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. All of us had Roman Reigns winning that. We all were correct. So one point for everybody. Next, it was Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. Locke and Wheezy had Randy Orton. Jay and myself had Drew McIntyre. Randy Orton is the new champion, Jay. So we <laughs> we didn't get that point. And lastly, Bailey, the champ versus Sasha Banks. Jay had Bailey. Locke, myself, and Wheezy had Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks is your new SmackDown Women's Champion. Lock gets another win. Myself comes in and Weezy and myself ties for second. Jay. Nah, hey. hold on. They tied. Weezy and him tied. Weezy, we, Weezy tied for second place. No, no, no. Lock and Weezy tied. Yeah, I, I won. I did. You're right. Weezy did get yeah, RKO. You know, yeah, three tied first. That is, I still get a win? No, what do you mean? That's a tie. Hey, man. Tie. Hey, man. Hey, man. Don't, don't be mad, man. Don't be mad, brother. <laughs> Okay, make sure you check out each and every Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Central Time for 808s and Chair Shots, the wrestling podcast you never knew you loved, but you just found out you did. Me and my guy, Nick, we're here for you, man. Make sure you tune in. <laughs> Most definitely, man. Now, tweet us with questions throughout the week at Full Sport Press. Don't forget to comment and give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down on the YouTube page, on the iTunes page. Please rate and subscribe. But more importantly, don't forget to tell a friend. To tell a friend. Tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell a friend that the revolution will be podcast. And then before we get started, the first half, Wheezy, do you have a yellow box of Cheerios award recipient for the listeners? I do. This week's award recipient is former Florida State football coach, Bobby Bowden. It's probably why I ain't heard from my dog like as of late. Yes, Bobby Bowden loves him some President Trump. A 91-year-old former Florida State coach released a statement after he successfully beat COVID-19. He said, and I quote, I've had a chance to get a lot of wins in my life, but I really wanted to win this one because I wanted to be around to vote for President Trump, end quote. Now, Trump returned the love with a Twitter thread Thursday morning calling, calling Bobby Bowden, and I quote, one of the best coaches ever in college football, Hmm, I literally said the exact same thing a couple of weeks ago about Bobby. Shit's out the door now. Bobby is the coach that he is because of the on the backs of black athletes that he recruited. 
100%. What a doof. At, and as your older age, I get it. You start to make mistakes. You start to do things that are uncharacteristic. I understand that. But that shit goes out the door. He's in the box with Lil Wayne. He's in the box. Kanye West. Bobby. How does it feel to have your coach in that same realm? The great Bobby Bowden. Hey, so y'all ready to get started to the first half? No, no, no. Hold on, lot. I got this. You mean to... Wait till they interview Steve Spurrier. <laughs> Urban Meyer. Boy, you gonna... I, Ur- Urban Meyer. No, nah, Urban Meyer ain't going. Urban Meyer ain't going. I, I guarantee you Steve Spurrier, card-carrying listen, member. Listen. When, the reason I am a Florida fan is because of Steve Spurrier. And, yeah. hey, if it happens, he 100% will get put in that box. And you don't want to get in that box. Better it's people he... that's on that box. Oh, that's my. inside that yeah. box. Yeah. And this is what I'm trying to tell you. They'll never get out of it. They will never, ever get out of that damn box. You better people that we know that are home. Let's go. No, I'm saying, I'm talking about public figures. Don't put that mic in front of Steve Spurrier and ask him about that because he is definitely (laughs) going in that box. He definitely. Steve Spurrier might say some stuff Bobby Bowden never would say in public. Hey. Like, (laughs) hey. He ain't said it, though. Bobby on record. Supporting. Bobby was riding high in this state, man. My family used to vote for nobody else. I was like, dang. But Trump, yeah, Bobby. Yeah, Bobby. (laughs) You guys ready to get started the first half? Let's do it. Let's do it. The first half is underway. Full sport press. Woo! First half, man. The hottest sports news of the past week, like we do each and every week here at the Full Sport Press Podcast. Before we get started, I am J Ho. It's your boy, Big Jeff. It's your boy, Weezy. What do you do? It's your man, Coach Locke. Locke, where can they find you on social media, my brother? Man, they can find me on Twitter or IG at Locke underscore the underscore great. It's T-H-A. Get at me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Weezy. <laughs> my son, where, where can they find you at? <laughs> I'm FSP underscore Weezy on IG. And I'm at how Weezy on Twitter. God damn. <laughs> Jeff, what about you, bro? <laughs> I'm Jay Easley, 84, across all social media platforms. Ooh, and I'm Jay Holman on Instagram and Twitter. Have a conversation with me on Twitter, man. Let's get to talking some basketball, some football. Woo, Weezy, you are up, man. We have a three and out with you. You ready to get things started, brother? Yes, sir. Get it. This week's three and out. I asked for five, Jeff, but they gave me three. This week's three and out. It starts with a little NFL went crazy this weekend. All right, Atlanta Falcons, man, been a, been a winning football game. They're in the huddle, and Matt Ryan tells he, he clearly tells Todd Billy, "Don't score. They're gonna let you score. Don't score. Don't score." All right, they call the play. Twenty-two Wayne, whatever you call it, right in the middle, and he looks like he looks. That's the end zone. I'm gonna score. And then the last minute, he tries to hold up, and the momentum carries in the end zone. They lose the game. Mm. Ty Gurley, man, he might be done, too. Number two, Buda Baker gets a 90-yard <laughs> interception. And out of nowhere, <laughs> DK Metcalf was chased by a dog from the hood and catches Buda Baker. I think he scores a touchdown. Buda Baker, like, I don't know where he came from. Atlanta and he hawk. didn't score. He got hawked. Number three, Jay's boy, Baker Mayfield, threw five, in, threw five touchdowns and one interception to win the football game. Now, I'm going to record. That's something we might not see again for the whole season. We might not see that again. That's three and out with me right there. Most definitely, man. 
Good job, Weezy. We only gave you three, man. You wanted only five. Gave only gave you three for sure. Jeff, you are up with our fantasy football breakdown. Which week is it, Jeff? This is week eight. Right. Starting to see the playoff positioning come into play. People start to make their pushes. Let's talk, let's talk about it. Up first, we got now watch guys. Shout out to Sean Watch versus the preseason champs. Shout out to Shane. Both teams are three and four. And Shane is projected to win this one. Next, we got Coach's Corner uh, at three and four. Shout out to Coach Wayman making his making his push. He was 0-4 at one point. Coach Wayman is three up right now. Coming against Weezy, who's one and six. Keep fighting, Weezy. Just keep on fighting, brother. Not for long, Don't um, worry about it. Not for long. I said keep fighting. I didn't say anything. I know you did, but I, know you did, but I, I don't like that shit. I don't like fancy football. It's okay, though. All right. Coach Wayman's projected to win this one, uh, but Weezy's going to keep fighting. That's what he's going to do. Duh. Big Draco at four and three. Shout out to Chad versus TB12 memory loss. One time for D Harris, six and one. Solidified top top two position. And uh D Harris is scheduled to lose this one. He's projected to lose this one to Big Draco. See how this plays out. And next, we got myself. Winston's eye exam at four and three. Fresh off a two-point loss. That my goodness, those Atlanta Falcons and my quarterback, those Matt Ryan. Also, I had Odell Beckham who Unfortunately, got injured for the rest of the season. Put up a goose egg for me, but it's okay. Two point loss. I'm four and three going up against uh, a Royale with the Cheese, who is five and two. This would have been game of the week status if I win no loss last week. We both would have been five and two, but I lost. So right now, I'm pre- I'm up. I had Matt Ryan also as well last night, so I'm up. But uh, shout out to Twin. He's projected to win this one. We see how that plays out. I need you to get that W, Jeff. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Okay. And um, Kanye in 2024, 6-1. Shout out to AB. Going up against Cam and the Diplomats. He started Teddy Bridgewater last night. Cam did. He's up right now, 39-20. Um, but AB is scheduled to win that one by at least 20 points. And lastly, we got um, shout out to Parham. I know he's listening. Uh, show me them TDs versus Vandalay International. I'm sorry, Parham's 3-4. and four. Versus Vanderlei International. Shout out to Reagan. He beat me last week. Um, he's now two and five. Um, he's actually scheduled to get his second win in a row. Projected to get his second win in a row. So that is week eight. FSP Fantasy Football. Most definitely, man. Shout out FSP Fantasy Football Breakdown, man. It's shaping up to be a good season, man. Better yeah. than I thought it was going to be for sure. Need you back, Jay. Yeah, it ain't happening. Let's kick things off, man, in the first half with some NBA talk. The NBA is targeting a 72-game season that begins December the 22nd and has everyone scrambling and moving up the start date and trimming 10 games. Could allow the NBA to complete its season before the Tokyo Olympics, which are slated to open in July. Reopening in December will be a tough ask for players on top of playoff teams, especially those who completed the finals. Last season, 132 days passed between the last game of the 2019 NBA Finals and the first game of the 2019-2020 campaign. That period would be trimmed by nearly half to 73 days if the league started on December the 22nd. My question for you guys, is this good or bad for NBA players? I think think it's bad for the players right now because the way the game has been played, everybody's strong, everybody's fast, everybody's quick. And the injuries are piling up, and these guys can't take much much punishment. That's just too that's just too much, too quick. Players don't realize they signed up for that deal once they once they signed up to play in that bubble and they want to finish that season. That's what they got. That's what they that's what they signed up for. 
Um, I think we're we're kind of being a little short-sighted with this. We're only thinking about the teams that made it to the Western Conference Finals, maybe, in the championship. Because you think about a team – mind you, no one really cares about these teams either. Think about a team who didn't play in the bubble. They haven't played since March. You know what I mean? <laughs> so by the time December rolls around, it's, you know, it's a completely different thing. Or, or a team that went to the bubble and didn't make the playoff, like a, a Pelicans or like a John Morant. And, well, they made the playoff and play-in game. But, you know, people teams like that. So it's been a you know a long time for them. We're kind of more so worried about the premier teams like the Clippers, the Lakers, the you know teams like that, the Nuggets. It is a short period of time. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going. To, I think we're looking at a January start and a condensed season, maybe even February. If it does do the December start, LeBron and, and players like that, we, we will see a lot of load management, a lot. Uh, Jeff, you took the words right out of my mouth, man. The players already load managed now as it is. Yes, the finals just ended in October, but like you mentioned, it was only two teams playing in. And if they wait any later to start, it will cut the season down by more, which will in turn cut down on the players' pay. Because if they don't get these 72 games, they're not going to get their TV contract money that they've already missed a lot out last year. They missed out on ticket sales. The NBA cannot afford to lose out on any money. So you better believe if they miss out on this TV contract, they're going to cut them players' money, and the players don't want to do that. Go ahead and play in December. Load management like you do everybody in the first place. They'll be done by mid-June. They can be ready for the Tokyo Olympics, and everything is back to normal. Yeah, man, you guys are accurate with a lot of those statements. A a December restart could boost revenue by $500 compared with a post-Christmas restart. And like Jeff mentioned, eight of the NBA's 30 teams haven't played since March the 11th. So that means 22 teams have been idle since the first round of the playoffs ended September the 22nd. The Los Angeles Lakers have a generational talent within LeBron James, so you want to make sure that he is ready to play in 2021. 100% is more of a fan favorite compared to a player's favorite. And they got to find a way to meet everybody in the middle. And also on top of that, COVID-19 is still real, man. You got to go with bylaws, large indoor gatherings with that. The bubble was designed as a bridge to kind of bring some type of recoup as far as television revenue, like Locke was talking about. You crown a champion and just to buy some time against the virus. I think they did a great job of that and they'll find a way to do that um, in 2021. I just hope we get to see some basketball sooner rather than later, for sure. Keeping it with the NBA, the Philadelphia 76ers, who just recently hired Doc Rivers, also got a new hire in Daryl Morey. They hired former Houston Rockets general manager Morey to run their front office for the next five years, while the Sixers general manager Elton Brand is still expected to keep his job and work under Morey. Morey, who has spent the last 13 years in Houston, parted ways with their franchise two weeks ago after losing the first-round sweep to the Boston Celtics. Is this a big deal, little deal, or no deal for the 76ers and this hire? I think it's a big deal for Elton Brand. They hired they hired a general manager, over general manager, but they still if they want him to work under the man, I don't get that. That's a that's a little bit of shot in the face for me. I'll take I'll take my talent some somewhere else. I think with this, it's gonna be a learning experience for Elton Brand and for Daryl Moore, it gives him checks and balance. Because both of these guys have made some questionable decisions as general manager. You look at the signing of Al Horford. And Philly from, you know, Elton Brand, and you look at whatever they call that, what they're doing in Houston with the small ball and things like that. So, of course, it's good on paper. I mean, just, you know, 
buying into the three ball and stuff like that. But obviously, it's not held the championship yet. So you look at that, you got two guys in the room that's going to make some of the same decisions, checks and balances for each other. I think on paper it works. Um, Elton Brand is one of those up-and-coming guys who probably could use someone in his corner just to give him a little guidance, a little tutelage. I hope it works out for him. Daryl Moore took over Houston, and they were bad, y'all. They are really bad. Made a bunch of different trades. The best trade he made was getting James Harden for pennies and turned him into basically a perennial winner. He tried to get Doc to come to Houston when CP got traded. Didn't work out. Here they are now in Philly with way more talent than Daryl Morey ever had as far as a collective in 13 years he was with Houston. So Daryl Morey figured it out. You have to figure out what he's going to do with Ben Simmons, whether that's including CP3, whether that may be trading to get James Harden, Paul George. He'll figure it out. But the city is kind of putting trust in a person that's kind of different than the process. Daryl Morey makes plays, y'all. He's a playmaker. He's making trades, and he's going to get some things going. Hook or crook, that team won't look like how it is right now by the time the All-Star break is, for sure. Yeah, the key piece of this is Doc Rivers. They're going to listen to him because he's a vet. So anytime they're going to make a decision that might be questionable, Doc is going to have input that they're going to really pay attention to and listen to. That's why I think this is going to work out for him. Even though, like Jeff mentioned, he's made some questionable moves in the past, I think having that veteran in Doc, helps him make those better decisions which should get Philly to where they want to be. All right, so let's move to the NFL. All right, guys, so usually NFL trade, day, trade deadline comes and goes. Not much happens unless it's the Trent Richardson trade from a few years ago, you know, stuff like that, you know. <laughs> but normally it's not like the NBA chaos that happens on trade deadline for them. But this year could be a little bit different. A handful of small moves have already happened, but we're all kind of wondering, are teams that are – pulling for a playoff position right now going to make some big moves a couple of stars superstars i should say that are rumored to be on the move are stefan gilmore adam thielen julio jones and more are we going to see an nba-esque nfl trade deadline coming up this week guys i think we're going to see more trades i don't think we're going to see nba-esque but i think we're going to see more trades than normal uh i do think stefan gilmore is heavily talked about in the by the by the NFL execs. Especially with the Patriots struggling right now. That's that's the best option they got to trade. That's their best piece. I think JJ Watt is the one that we will see get moved. He's getting long in the tooth. He's been injured prone the last few seasons in Houston. This season's gone down the drain. They're one and six. So they're looking to get any kind of thing going to help them get back on track. And a team that's looking to win now, that's one defense a piece away, this could be the piece. So I could see J.J. Watt being on the move. I'll take him in Tennessee right now. I think the entire Cowboys and Vikings need to be blown up, blow the shit up, trade every one of their superstars, and get draft picks. We've seen this been uh, very successful for a bunch of teams, not necessarily doing a trading deadline. J.J. Watt, dude, listen, Houston doesn't have any picks. You just let him, he can walk. In March, y'all, 2021, he's a free agent. You'll have any draft picks. You'll get some draft picks for him. Let him go somewhere else to compete for a championship because he's going to leave you anyway. A.J. Green no longer has a long-term future in Cincinnati at this point. $18 million, you can get rid of that, and you can also get some draft picks to help out on both sides of the ball for Joe Burrow. The person that should have been traded already is Julio Jones, though. 
because he's carrying $23 million, y'all. He won't be traded because they think that they can still compete in that conference, especially in that division. But to take on his contract, which runs through 2023, get that off the books. You have a budding star in Calvin Ridley. You could do that. There's some trades that could be made. I think the NFL stand packed because they're not into making big splashes like Jeff and Locke mentioned. So uh, it'll definitely happen. But I think the person is most likely to go is J.J. Watt and Stephon Gilmore, too. I can see A.J. Green going to a con- uh, contender, hopefully playing for some meaningful football. Yep. And we would love to have him in Buffalo. And, you know, <laughs> and the Cowboys are smart. They'll they get rid of Mark Cooper today. No, they can't get rid of Mark Cooper. That's $54 million they would have to pay. But they could get rid of somebody, per se, like Jalen Smith. Um, they already traded Everson Griffin. Demarcus Lawrence is trash. You know, stuff, people like that, for sure. Okay, I'll, I'll take the bait on this one. If you're, if you're the Cowboys, and not to stay on this too long, why? Just put this year, because you, you, if you bring Dak back, you have the weapons still. But no? the thing is, you got to – you got to sign some – they need some corners. They need some safeties, and I think they're going to address that. They got Diggs. He's fine, but that is it. The rest of that secondary is trash. I don't know why they haven't addressed that. The elephant in the room is they don't have a corner. They don't have any safeties. That's why they get blitzed every Sunday or Monday or Thursday. You know what hurt them? No preseason hurt Dallas a lot 100%. because – this crept up on everyone. No one saw them being this bad. Like, bad. I mean, yeah, Dak hurt. Uh, Andy Dong is hurt. They're bringing a the third string guy. But man, no one saw them being like this. No, no they're one. real bad. Y'all ready to go on to the uh, halftime? Let's get it. Let's go. Let's do it. We're at the midway point. Enjoy all of the halftime festivities. Halftime, in case you missed it. The Lakers and the Dodgers pull the double-double. Los Angeles' title town for the time being. Now, with the Los Angeles Lakers defeating the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals and the L.A. Dodgers defeating the Tampa Bay Rays in the World Series on Tuesday night, they joined an elite list of teams that pulled off the double-double with a 1988 and a 2020 win. Now, the question I have for you guys, which team will repeat as champions in 2021, the Lakers or the Dodgers? I mean, if I got a uh, choice between those two, baseball also hit and miss, shoot, the, you know, anybody, the Orioles can get hot next year and win this World Series. I'm going to just go with the, uh, I'm going to go with the Lakers. Honestly, with the way baseball is set up, I think the Dodgers have the best chance. They're one of the top, they're one of the four best teams, I think, in baseball. They have a chance to repeat. I mean, of course, Lakers have LeBron at some point, though. Father Time's got to, like, start catching up a little bit to do. That's just a little. <laughs> it ain't happened to, to Tom Brady. It kind of has. He just uh, has weapons. Dude. You know what? Nah, he got weapons. He got weapons. He has weapons nah. everywhere, Weezy. Yeah, nah, for sure. He's weapons still. He's still throwing the football to him. Yeah, but I'm like that. Not yeah. like he used to. He ain't throwing it down the field like he used to. He got two number ones, two tight ends, two starting tight ends. Two star running backs, like what? And he's breaking Antonio Brown. They didn't have no. They didn't have no receivers to get open. You see how they doing, Cam? You see they got damn Julian Edelman out for the year and shit. Mm-hmm. You think you mean you mean saying you ain't gonna get him no help? You no. got no help, and you gonna blame this man' career on this? Yep, that's what they gonna do. But uh, I'm gonna go with the Dodgers also because the Lakers are just an injury away. It doesn't one or two people. Not saying I want to happen. I pray to God it doesn't happen. But 
you're more likely to see those injuries in the NBA than you are in baseball. And if you see that injury in baseball, you can kind of get by depending on where that is. So I'm going to go with the Dodgers. Now, the Lakers is, like Weezy mentioned, it's going to be tough because they have so many free agents. They got 10 guys that are free agents on the team. Trying to bring back everybody and reconstruct those contracts is going to be very difficult. They do have AD and LeBron, but here's the thing. You got to have pieces around. It's going to be tough to put that together. Rob Palenka has a huge task in front of him, especially on short time now. So, in turn, I'm going as well with the Dodgers. I picked the Dodgers to have the best overall record in 2021 as well. They're in a great position to repeat, man. Like Jeff said, they have a great pitching staff. They have a great offensive staff. They're not going to lose a lot of people. And if they do, they have a lot of depth. You guys know what comes after a drought. They haven't won a championship since I mentioned, since 1988. What comes after a drought is a lot of rain, or in this case, a lot of titles for the Dodgers. I can see them winning for sure. Quick question. If the Rays don't make that pitching change, mm. do the Dodgers win that game? No. 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 They don't win the game, but they win the series in seven. I called that in six, too. Oh. I did, too. I think we all did, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all could have said I don't believe that. Run the table. Yeah. Run the table. I think we all said six. I don't yeah. Let me look back. <laughs> Hey, you guys ready to get started with the second half? Let's yes. Do it. Oh, shit. The second half is underway. Full sport press. Second half, the biggest what ifs, NFL edition, show 341. Before we get started, I am J-Ho. It's your boy, Big Jeff. It's your boy, Weezy. What it do? It's your man, Coach Locke. Locke, a fumble is a perfect metaphor for how precarious the course of history can be in sports. One weird bounce off the turf, an outstretched hand, and an entire outcome can be decided. The NFL has been filled with what-if moments that could forever change the league today. Now, that's why we're here today, to facilitate a conversation of how the NFL could be different with a few simple decisions. Without further ado, FSP is here to analyze the 10 biggest what-ifs in NFL history. If you missed last week's show, we did the NBA. 10 of those knockdown drag out conversation ended up really well, man. Great show last week, you guys. Let's kick it off with our first what if. The biggest what ifs. What if Barry Sanders' teams weren't actually awful? If Barry Sanders' team wasn't awful, he would have two Super Bowl rings. People, people say to this day he's the best running back they ever seen play. Uh, really, the Lions have never recovered from that. If Bears teams weren't awful is kind of a rough statement because he did, if I'm not mistaken, have two, maybe three playoff years, wild card years, not conference, you know, championships or anything like that, but wild card years, nine and seven, 10 and six, he would at least have at least one Super Bowl ring. But the thing about it is, no, I'm not going to say that. He would have made a conference final. You know what I mean? Because you still run into those Cowboys teams of the mid-90s. You still run into those 49ers teams of the early to mid-90s. So he would have had to have a stacked offensive unit to, to compete with that, and it was just Barry. Barry had a little bad luck, not because of his own fault. He had two offensive linemen that were really good offensive linemen. One wound up getting killed in a wreck, and another one got hurt. Those were his two best offensive linemen that he ended up not playing with, really. So I could see maybe having a NFC championship appearance, but I don't think 
it gets any further than that because he didn't ever have the quarterback to get him there. 100% lock. I mean, even some of Barry Sanders' mythical records, they still stand to this day, y'all. Even if when he retired, he was 100% healthy. But he just didn't have any help. He did not have the, the cast of characters around him. Playing in 10 seasons, he only played 10 seasons. He made the playoffs in only half of them. Never made it past the wild card in just four of those five postseason appearances. So I think the conversation has to be if he was able to stay healthy and get to a situation where he just had a quarterback. He had, oh, my God, he had the worst quarterbacks that a superstar has ever had. And then on his way out the door, the Lions tried to get some of his guaranteed money out of retirement. I think the better question would be if you switch Barry Sanders and Emmitt Smith, what would things look like? Just think the Lions have two players that retired, not because of injuries, not because of, you know, you know, nothing. But so, you know what? We just, my team sucks and I can't go out there and waste my talent no more. 100%. It's organizational chaos. Ruin some of our best quarterbacks, ruin some of our best wide receivers and they stopped two generational talents from seeing the best of them because they didn't know what the hell to do. Organization. Jeff mentions this all the time. You have to develop young talent, and they don't have the pieces to do that at, with the Lions at all. The Jets, um, whoever you want to go with, there's some problems there, man, for sure. Next biggest what if, the NFL. What if Bo Jackson, he stayed healthy? If, if he stays healthy, Bo Jackson is one of those players – him, T.O., LeBron James, Tom Brady, I think they're like robots. I think they got something in them that every other human just don't have. Serena Williams, I think they're bionic. Anytime a man can walk up a wall, like, come on, that's the shit you see stunt devils do in movies and shit. He did it by himself with no stretching or nothing. I'm going I'm to take this one outside of football, outside of sports. Bo Jackson, if Bo Jackson, that doesn't happen, if he continue to play – and stay healthy and play at the level that he was, you know, destined to be and where he was and, you know, keep ascending. We see someone that rivals Michael Jordan with endorsements and like ability and relatability and, um, you know, nationwide, universally recognized. He's one of those athletes because that Bo Nose campaign is something that you can do constantly. And if he had a few more years and a few more highlights, it would still be huge. I mean, it's still a big enough thing right now. His sneakers come out, you know, they retro sneakers, they still sell them, they still sell out, or T-shirts and things like that. But we really would have saw someone that would have been one of those athletes that for years to come to right now and, and beyond would have been like Hasbro Jackson. You know I mean? People still revere him now, but I'm talking about Michael Jordan status. Really believe that. Bo would have been mentioned with the greats of Barry and Emmy Smith, and rightfully so. During his first three seasons, he played in just 28 games for the Raiders, splitting time between baseball and football. In those seasons, he rushed for over 2,000 yards, 11 touchdowns, and was averaging 5.3 yards per carry. And he did this splitting touches with Marcus Allen. And like Jeff mentioned, his shoes have been just as – he'd have been Michael Jordan on the football and baseball field. That's exactly what he would have been. I think to this day people argue, especially from a different generation, that Bo Jackson – is the best pure athlete of all time. Blend of speed, agility, strength. Bo Jackson would have been the first person of our generation because Cal Hubbard was the first person to be in the NFL and the MLB Hall of Fame. It was He was that good. He was an all-pro in the NFL. He was an all-star in baseball. 
and that hip injury that Weezy mentioned totally changed the trajectory of a generational talent. I think this dude would have been marked as the best athlete of all time. And, and that I think is as far as injury related, that's the biggest what if in sports history, as far as an injury, for sure. Jeff, the next biggest what if. Don't do me what? Nothing, I know, man. I'm sorry, <laughs> man. What if Scott Norwood made the kick? As a young lad in South Nashville, this was the first uh, NFL game I remember watching uh, with my father. Um, it's what was made me a lifelong Buffalo Bills fan is this game. Uh, I remember the play. I remember the time out before the play. I remember saying, we, we're going to win to my dad. And, he, you know, he said, what did you say? We, that's your team. I said, that's my team. It's been my team since then. And uh, he missed it. He missed it. And um, yeah, lost three more after that. Three more after that, man. Uh, we weren't, weren't close in the other three at all. Like, we weren't even close in the other three. So uh, I don't really like y'all making me relive this right now. But you know what I mean? Uh, I'll say this. If he makes that kick, we win one of th- one of four. That's what we do. We 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 not beating the Cowboys those two years. That's not happening. The, the Washington football team with Mark Rippin and uh, uh, forget my uh, Daryl Green that they, they were they were more talented than we were coming in. Uh, we lost that one by fourteen. That might have been the second closest one. So maybe that would have been a little bit closer. We had the confidence of winning the big game before then. But that was our one to win. And Scott Norwood. Jeff, which one? Which one would you rather have back? That one or the Music City Miracle? That one, that one. I mean, because even with the Music City Miracle, we weren't favored to win. You know what I mean? Like even if we that was an upset. Like we came, we came into Tennessee and, and, and it came into you know, what was the LP Field then, right? Yeah, LP Field. It was a Delphia. Yeah, it was a Delphia. I was you right. It was a Delphia then. We came into a Delphia and we were underdogs. You know, so losing that game, yeah, it hurt the way you get cheated like that. But um, it wasn't a, a missed field goal to win the Super Bowl. That's that's tough, right there. Man. That changes my whole football career. I got one. You know what I mean? I'm still looking for one. Like you know what I mean? You Raiders, you you 49ers fans. I got multiple. You know what I mean? Like you got something. You saw it in your lifetime too. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm done. I'm all right. I'm out. Yeah, that kick. <laughs> unfortunately, they never like <laughs> they never they never recover from it. To this, <laughs> they still recover from the front offices. They never recover from it. We know it clearly gives Jim Kelly a little hardware and gives him another asterisk on his, not asterisk, but another notch on his career. But the biggest thing is Bill Parcells. His career would be differently. He became only the eighth head coach to win multiple Super Bowls, which makes him universally regarded as a first ballot Hall of Famer and one of the greatest coaches of the modern era. If he don't win, if they don't lose that, now Bill Parcells just goes to the, the group of coaches that won one Super Bowl. So that's a big difference. Oh, Marv, that's a great point, Coach. I didn't think about the other side of the ball. Marv Levy led that team to eight playoff appearances during their most successful spell in franchise history. To compare the Bills, and made the playoffs just twice since the year 2000. So if you make that kick, they would have been in a situation where they won their first Super Bowl, and perhaps you could get some free agents to come to Buffalo in the cold because it's a destination spot because you know what? We're going to win that possibly could lead to more championships because of that kick. Because like I just said, you guys were clearly outmatched in your other three performances. Here we go. You get into a situation where 
you maybe get a different defensive person or that extra offensive person that could get you over the hump. And we're looking at maybe two or three championships, man. So that kick changes trajectory of the entire franchise, man. And uh, I'm going to move on for sure. That's rough. That is rough. Uh, the next one is the biggest what if. What if the Patriots went undefeated in 2007? That's the only thing they're missing for Tom Brady. That you know, That's the only thing. He had an undefeated season. I think that game was rigged. Super Bowl game was rigged just because they didn't want him to go undefeated. I really do. To me, it affects Eli more than everything. Because what, what saves Eli's career with the Giants is he has two rings. He doesn't win that one. I'm not quite sure they have the trust in him to get back that next time. So I think, to me, the, the, that what if actually helps out Eli a lot. Because if those two rings really save his career in New York. Like Weezy mentioned, man, this changes a lot. This gives them the greatest team ever in football. Because the Dolphins did it, but they only won 16 games. This gets them 19-0. and 0. It also gives... Randy Moss a ring to match his Hall of Fame career. That's the one thing Randy Moss was missing, and everybody thought he was about to get that ring. The other key thing is, even though the Patriots win, if they win this game and they go 19-0, they're still an asterisk because this was the year where they caught Belichick and the Patriots spying on other teams. So even if they win this game and go 19-0, people still say, yeah, you were 19-0, but you were cheating, spying on people. Tom Brady is already considered to go, right? Whatever he's doing right now, given the hardware that him and Belichick has amassed over their time together. But having an undefeated season, I think would possibly put him above Michael Jordan. But has Mike ever did, went through the entire playoffs undefeated? You know, of course you're not going to go, you know, 82-0. and 0 and I'm telling you, we're going to see a time when somebody doesn't lose a game in the NBA. Telling you, we might not be here to see it, but I'm telling you, it's gonna happen anyway. And without that catch, we don't even know who the hell David Tyree is for sure. He's still signing uh football helmets right now to this day, probably making a good living because of that. But Brady and Belichick would be in uncharted territory. I think the asterisk would be there because of Spygate, but I think th- at the end of the day, we know why we're not paying any attention to Spygate because it is Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. You know, you know, people don't realize about the, about the Super Bowl that David Tyree catch. The Giants went undefeated on the road to win the Super Bowl. They didn't lose a road game. For sure. Let's move right along to the next what if. What if Pete Carroll ran the ball? Yeah, if Pete Carroll ran the football, it takes away all the backlash he gets from USC. We don't they don't even talk about that no more. That, that that's just a bonehead mistake. Like Everybody, I remember sitting in Locks House watching that game. We all thought, man, they can run the football and win the game. And they threw the football, and we stood and we stood at the, and we looked at the TV like, what? What was? Was it fixed? We thought it was fixed. I think everybody looked at the screen like it was predetermined. You knew Beast Mode was getting the ball. Everyone, we all called it. You know, I remember saying, I, I think I even tweeted game time. Like I tweet, I tweeted it. Before it even happened, like, you know what I mean? Because you knew Lamar Sean's going to get the ball. He's going to get that, I think it was two yards, right? Two yards tops. And you ran a slant. That is a, you know, in in theory, it's a high percentage rate pass. That should, that's the play you choose all the time in Madden, Joe. You're a slant throwing person on that Madden. My bad. Go ahead. I really High percentage play, baby. Right in front of the quarterback face. That's all we got to (laughs) do. But at the end of the day, but the Patriots knew that, and they read it. 
And could they have called past the fears? Maybe. A little contact. But you're not calling in the Super Bowl on the last play. Give the ball to Marshawn Lynch, win your championship. This puts Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll in that different category. Russell Wilson gets two rings quickly because they had been long and he had already won a Super Bowl. And like we just mentioned, it gives Pete Carroll that upper echelon, puts him in the same category as I mentioned earlier with Parcells. He has two Super Bowl rings now, two Super Bowl wins. The funny thing, though, is that everybody thought Marshawn Lynch was going to get the ball, and he's been on record saying himself that he was glad he didn't get the ball because it changes his outcome, and he wouldn't have gone and played for his hometown team, which I thought was very interesting because he says if they give him the ball, they win a Super Bowl, and his whole career is different from there because he also probably wins Super Bowl MVP which they did not want to see him on that stand at that time because he was saying everything. That would have been two for Russell under his rookie contract. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about it like that. It was second and goal, y'all. You got the premier power back, like Jeff said, the league leader in rushing touchdowns the previous year and that season, multiple opportunities. It's four down territory. You give him the chance. He's going to make it, y'all. He's going to make it. You know what this does? Malcolm Butler. If Malcolm Butler is in a situation where he's not there to make that pick, he the Titans don't give him $88 million. He's still playing in New England or playing somewhere else for half of that. This changed the trajectory of Malcolm Butler. Also helped the dynasty that was the New England Patriots. So maybe a situation where Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman would still probably be around because they were looking at Pete Carroll very differently after that. Changes a lot, man, because of the decisions of Pete Carroll. And I think the dynasty with the Seahawks would have been a little different because I'm telling you, man, as well as you guys know, everybody loves a winner. That's why people go to different situations. For agency looking different, if you have a young button quarterback, you can get some more players for sure. If, 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 if y'all remember, if y'all remember when Malcolm Butler made that catch, right? And then the next, the next time New England went to the Super Bowl, I think it was a couple years later. Or, he didn't even play. Yeah. He didn't play in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Bill Belichick benched him. Picture that Marshawn Lynch Super Bowl MVP speech, though. Oh, that would have been an epic. Ooh. Oh, come on, man. That would have been we, – we got robbed of, mm. of just excellence. I remember <laughs> sitting there before they called that play. I was like, man, I can't wait to hear this MVP speech. <laughs> Never happened. Never happened. The next biggest what if, what if Michael Vick never got in trouble with the law? I think, I really think Atlanta Falcons would have won the Super Bowl. Same cloud Russell Wilson's on right now, that Michael Vick would have been right there. He doesn't, he doesn't get in trouble. He he has that bounce back year that he has to have because he, he was coming off of a bad year and he was making some bonehead decisions out the field with the weed and the water bottle and all that and that other stuff. So I think I agree with Weezy. They somehow figured it out because they were close. You know, they were a playoff team. You know, they were 10 and six one year. I believe it may have even been 11 and five another year after that. So the team was close. They just had a bad year coming off that injury um, the year the year prior to that. I think one Super Bowl and he leaves Atlanta before that second contract and goes somewhere else eventually. He still doesn't, he doesn't finish his career in Atlanta. I don't think so. I think the biggest changes are Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. They're not Falcons. They don't give up those picks to trade up to get Julio in their draft, and they definitely don't get Matt Ryan. 
the years before Vic got in trouble, they only went to the playoffs twice and they lost in the conference championship once and the division once. And both of those losses were to the Philadelphia Eagles. So I don't know if, if he's still there, they still get over that hump because they're not going to get those players like Julio to help him. So I'm not sure if he actually wins another Super Bowl if he, that doesn't happen. Not another, but I'm not sure if he wins the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. Michael Vick was a generational talent, something we saw before Lamar Jackson. He was Mike Vick. Um, he sabotaged his career with that situation, banned for two years. With that missed time, all the momentum that he had built back in 2006 when he set the record for the most rushing yards by a quarterback in the season, he would have found a way to figure things out. I don't think, again, he finished things in Atlanta because he did so much in Atlanta, being Ron Mexico. We don't even have to talk about that. I think he would have had a long, successful career somewhere else, but I think 100% he would have been a Hall of Fame quarterback and something that he, I'm sure, regrets to this day. He talked about this this last week, y'all. He was on with Fat Joe, and they asked him, like, you know, Fat Joe was like, so what really happened? He said, why'd you get so much time for what? Because you're only supposed to do a year. He said that he smoked weed the day before he went in. And be only because the prosecutor had told him, hey, don't worry about it. They're not going to pee test you. You're just going to go in, you know, do your time, do a year. Because he was supposed to do a year in a day. They piss test him. He came back dirty. The judge was like, oh, you think this is a game. Let's put a whole nother year on your shit. And that's why he did two years. Mm. That's filthy. Hey, dude. I, and he was like, I had never talked about that. And he talked about it with Fed Joe. It's crazy. That's but that explains a lot, too, because he was, yeah. I mean, you look at it like he's 30 for 30, talking about he wasn't, he wasn't practicing hard. Yeah. Poor DJ Chocolate didn't know what to do half the time because Vic wasn't showing up to practice on time. Yep. So, he had, I agree, like, like we said, Jay, he had to get out of Atlanta. Yeah, oh, 100%. What ifs, man? The next what if. What if Dez caught the ball? <laughs> if Dez caught the ball, shoot, he'd be rich forever with Jerry, with Jerry Jones, first of all. But if Dez catches that ball, it their Super Bowl team. That's the year they, they win the Super Bowl. Dez is not on nobody's practice squad right now. Dez is a cowboy for life. He's somewhere uh, in, in uh, Jerry Jones' wheel to, to this day. He caught that ball number one. Like, Dez caught it. Like hashtag Dez caught it. Like we know it. It was a bad rule, bad play. He caught the ball. Um, I'll take it one step further for Weezy with like what he said. I think the Cowboys win that. It changes how we view Tony Romo, right? Because his biggest knock on him was he never won a playoff game. He didn't do this, he didn't do that. So we, if it changes how we view Tony Romo. We also get robbed of having Tony Romo in the, in the uh, <laughs> announcing booth because he doesn't go there as early. And Dez, like we, we just said, is, is in Jerry Jones's will. But it changes a lot. There's no Dak and Zeke in Dallas. Yeah, man, they, this changes a lot. Dez caught that ball. Dez definitely caught that ball. But I don't think it changes anything except the score being closer. He catches that pass. The Cowboys score under four minutes left. And then Aaron Rodgers just drives the Packers down the field for a game when the field goes. With no time on the clock, Green Bay kicks a field goal, wins the game, and nothing changes. This is one of the most controversial plays of the entire decade, y'all. Fourth and two, man. Dez caught that damn ball. Ain't no question about that. 
But this changes the Cowboys, man. They get back to the glory days. This set them back 10, 15 years. No question. The Cowboys, again, become a free agent destination spot. Changes, like how Jeff said, the trajectory of Tony Romo's career. Of course, DeMarco Murray as well. And Dez goes down as a perennial top 10 wide receiver of all time just off of one catch. That's how big that missed call was, man. I think 100%. They win this game. And the entire look of the Cowboys changes. I think Dak would still be there, but you don't get Zeke. And there's a bunch of different things as far as some small pieces. But I think you get some of those big guys that come to Dallas, like a Calvin Johnson or somebody like that. And you'll be surprised how much winning changes a lot of this stuff, for sure. The next what if. What if Robert Griffin III, sweet Bob Griffin, Never got hurt. If RG three never gets hurt, he get he gets a big time contract. He's he's a starter in the NFL to this day. To this day, I think they ran him in the ground. I think it was partly his fault too, because he wouldn't tell him he was all the way hurt, and it, it cost him his career. It cost him his career as a start. I mean, he's still getting paid by Baltimore right now. You know, be a serviceable backup. Yeah. But his days as as RG three right, uh, you know, long gone. So what if we amend this question? What if he never got hurt? So what if he didn't rush back to that when he came back? It was the playoff game, right? He came back in a playoff yeah. game. He made that one run. And you saw it like, nah, he's not ready to play at all. Like yeah, that. and he had a big brace on his leg, like a yeah, a huge yeah. brace on his leg. It's almost like a you know not to you know bring up bad memories for Jay Hove. It's almost an Isaiah Thomas situation in Boston. He should have sat out that whole time. And, you know, ride that rookie year out, you know, with everything he was able to do, get healthy, come back the second year, you know, and be ready to play football. Instead, he rushes, comes back, gets hurt again, and, and it's never the same. We got Kirk Cousins. You're absolutely right, Jeff. Great point. The thing was, the doctor never cleared him to go back in. He went in on his own. And the doctor has been on record stating that I never cleared him to go back in that game. And that's how he injured that knee even more. You got to think about it. From 2013 to 2017, they had RG3. And they also had Alfred Morris, Santana Moss, Pierre Garçon, Deshaun Jackson, and Jamison Crowder. And then they had Jordan Reed. So the team was ready to win. They had their quarterback of the future. They had already won some playoff. They won a playoff game. He had won Offensive Rookie of the Year. Everything was set. He just didn't want to be patient. And it cost the organization everything they have now because they have not bounced back since then. Yeah, for sure. Set the entire Washington football team back. With that loaded coaching staff, you guys got to realize, this is Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, and Sean McVay on that staff, y'all. That, with the team that Locke mentioned, they were destined for greatness. RG3, is still a QB1 or maybe in a situation where he's just going down because him and Andrew Luck was the talk of the town at the time. It was Andrew Luck or was it RG3? Very similar to how it's Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields right now. Kirk Cousins is a different thing. You know? He would remain a backup. He would hit free agent in 2016, 2017, I think, instead of playing two seasons on the franchise tag. Kirk Cousins' pockets would be a little thinner. So a lot then. <laughs> so yeah, man, change the trajectory of a lot of stuff. But with that coaching staff, with RG3 playing at a high level, we would have seen the best of them. We did not see the best of RG3 for sure. 
Next, what if? What if the Bears drafted Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson instead of Mitchell Trubisky? It's crazy because if you think about that, they gave up two first-round picks to get Khalil Mack and had to make the playoff sense. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson's in that category as well. Um, I'm glad neither one of those guys went to the Bears. I'm just going to be honest with you. You know, it may be Deshaun because – I mean, Houston's not that big of an improvement, but at least Deshaun got to experience playoff football in Houston with the team before Bill Bryan, you know, decided to gut it for no apparent reason. So I would say if if the Bears picked Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes, I think we would have been robbed of seeing those two guys become the talents that they are today. The best thing for them was not to go to the Bears. So it's something about those quarterbacks in Chicago, they don't play out, they don't pan out. Yeah, I agree, Jeff. Deshaun Watson, if he goes there, it's kind of similar to what he sees in Houston. The only difference is that he doesn't have a nuke. He doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best receivers in the NFL. But I would have been curious to see what Pat Mahomes did without all of the weapons. Because at the end of the day, Pat Mahomes has had numerous weapons ever since he's been in the league. He's had the Andy Reid running that offense to cater to him. All coaches don't do that. They don't change the offense to cater to the abilities of those quarterbacks. And if Pat Mahomes go to Chicago and they don't do that, I don't think we see the same Pat Mahomes in Chicago. That 2017 draft class was nuts, man. You got Pat Mahomes, you got Deshaun Watson, you got Mitchell Trubisky. It is very similar to, like, passing up a generational talent. And you had two that you missed out on. Pat Mahomes was given that chance to set, like how you said, behind Alex Smith. I don't think he's the quarterback that we see today. Because you get to smooth out those rough patches that we saw at Texas Tech. I don't think he would be the same player if he was thrown in the fire like Mitchell Trubisky was. And if you did in uh, Deshaun Watson, it would be pretty much the same because they got new. You know who the number one wide receiver was with the Bears in 2017? It was Kendall Wright. Weezy's guy. Yeah, Kendall Wright was Weezy's guy, man. I think the best thing that they could have done was either draft Mitchell Trubisky because they wasn't going to get Miles Garrett. He went number one or Jamal Adams. So if you go either way, I think you can put a defensive player there and they can still fly around the ball and be the person that you could be. But getting Trubisky that you had, it was going to look the same, whatever, because you don't have the talent. That's just it. The Bears didn't draft well. The Bears didn't have the talent to help out Mitchell Trubisky. Or the coaching. Or the coaching for sure. Matt Nagy ain't that bad, though. I think it is that he just don't have pieces. Matt Nagy ain't that bad. He ain't, he ain't that, bad. that good either. He ain't that good either. He ain't that good either. He ain't that good either. The next one, man. Biggest what if. What if the world accepted Colin Kaepernick's movement from day one? Uh, The world be a better place. End quote. True. I'll be done with that. The world be a whole lot better place than what it is right today. Nothing to say. That's it. Walk off. You're absolutely correct. And I'm going to add, because it's my team, we have another Super Bowl. We would have another Super Bowl in San Francisco, for sure. That's We for, we, have, we are just now bouncing back from not having a quarterback. And the verdict is still out with Jimmy. I still need Jimmy to make some plays down the field. He doesn't have no damn quarterback. He's getting Jimmy, Jimmy, hey, I ain't going to lie. Jimmy looked good last game. He did, he did look good. He did look good. I'm back. I believe in Jimmy. I'm back. But, you know, we haven't had a quarterback ever since then until we got Jimmy. Yeah, if we're looking at, you know, the trajectory of the San Francisco 49ers, for sure we have a 
a Super Bowl. Um, but I think the NFL would be a little different if we just kind of paid attention, at least put in racism on the back of the helmets, the world would be a better place, you know, on the field and stuff like that. I think, you know, people would look at stuff a little different because if, you know, these football players and the shield is a mythical thing, very similar to what we talked about um, within the world. And, you know, maybe some of these idiots that pay attention to football the way that they do, they say, well, you know what, maybe it wasn't that bad um, if they would have just got behind Colin Kaepernick day one instead of ostracizing the way that they have, for sure. Last but not least, a bonus. Biggest what if. Wheezy, what if LeBron James played football? Megatron 2.0. He got, he got reported by your boy, Ohio, uh, uh, Urban Mark, Ohio State. Yeah, it wasn't Urban. It was uh, the dude with the tattoos. Uh, Tressel. Jim Tressel. Yeah. No, Urban Mark recruited him too. It wasn't Ohio State. But Urban, 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 was, Urban Mark recruited LeBron James. Now, he was at the University of Utah then, so. Yeah. Trestle recruited in Ohio State. I think LeBron would have been, you know, one of – he wouldn't still be playing right now. Wouldn't be no 17 years in the NFL. That ain't going to happen. But it would have broke down by now. But he would have been a premier Algie Crumpler, Jared Cook type of tight end. Very serviceable, very dependable, sure-handed, athletic. Go get the ball. Maybe even Chico. Rest in peace, Chico. LeBron James, he probably would have been a faster Travis Kelsey. He ain't not going to want to do a lot of blocking, but he's going to be a mismatch problem. They're going to get him out in open field, and he's going to take advantage of smaller DBs and corners. It would have been crazy to see with his vertical throwing the ball up. And like you mentioned, a lot of those tight ends were basketball players anyway. So it fixed that mode for sure comes as a surprise and you can if you follow LeBron James you see how serious he is about the NFL football was his first love and he hit that growth spurt is to put the damn football away and we're playing basketball I think with LeBron James he made the right decision if he played football it wouldn't be this transitional talent generational talent uh, you know mythical figure as LeBron James is I think he would have attacked it just like basketball, a true student of football. He would dominate. I think he would have been better than Algie Crumpler or Chico. Rest in peace, Chico. I think uh, it would have been a situation. Any kind of way, though. Algie Crumpler was serviceable. Is he a Hall of Famer? I'm saying. I think LeBron James would have been a pro bowler. Algie Crumpler, did he ever make the pro bowl? Yeah, he made the pro bowl. Algie Crumpler. With Atlanta. Yeah. Mike Vick was throwing him open. Yeah. Algie Crumpler made the pro bowl. That's what I'm saying. LeBron would have been a pro bowler. Crack staff, get on that Algie Crumpler Pro Bowl. But, like, I think if you play, if you'd have got lucky to play with, you know, like a Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers, he 100% would have been a Hall of Famer. But I think he made the right decision, for sure. 100% made the right decision. Look at Algie Crumpler before we get out of here. <laughs> hey, Joe, Algie <laughs> Crumpler was a full-time Pro Bowl. Just said that Jay Algie Crumpler was serviceable. Ooh. That's not a slight at all, dude. No, that was the old, that was a time. That's all Vic had. That's true, Jeff. That yes. was yeah, Algie Crumpler was catching all the football. Oh, he damn right. <laughs> Algie Crumpler was open. Algie Crumpler was fucking open, dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun, man. Going back to the way back machine, man. 
What Ifs. Been a great series. Check out series one. We talked about the NBA. We got some more. Like Jeff mentioned, what if Isaiah Thomas didn't get hurt? Mm. Uh, you know, man. IT told him that summer. He was at the he was in the uh, summer league. They said, man, how much they got to pay? They had to bag the Brinks truck up to pay me, baby. <laughs> Get what? Damn. Never got it. No Never truck. Never got that bag. I hate that too, because IT was caught. Bro, he was top five. He was cooking. MVP top five finish. MVP votes. Now he's number three. He was number three. He was cooking. I ain't gonna let that stress me out. Shout out to IT. That's my dog. I can't wait. One day I'm gonna have a conversation with IT and be like, man. Slow grind, man. Woo. That slow grind, dog. My boy. Another one of the books, fellas. Mm-hmm. He'll draw a little long. Weezy didn't clean off his camera. Y'all know how much I hate that sweatshirt Weezy got on. Goodness Next time I gracious. see that, no, I know for real. Next time I see it, I'm taking it. Goodness gracious. Let's let's just what that PSG jacket. I need that too. Let's go. Oh, God, let's man. go home. Let me get, let me get let's that. Go home. <laughs> let me get. I need that. I need that. Keep your head up, please. Keep your head up, baby. Questions, man. Two questions. Up, full You're right. My bad. Man. Like two questions throughout the week of full sport press, man. Don't forget to comment. Give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down on the YouTube page, on the iTunes page. Please rate and subscribe. But more importantly, don't forget to tell a friend. To tell a friend. Tell a friend about the sweatshirt. To tell a friend. Wheezy. Everything paid for, baby. Coach Lott. Get a drummer song. Jeff. Camera's always on, brother. Damn right it is, man. The revolution will be podcasted. We are out. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Thank you for listening to the Full Sport Press Podcast. To catch up on prior episodes, visit the SoundCloud page. And don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend. The revolution will be podcasted.